I really like the idea of like bad '80s sitcom. It like it bonus points if we could get it to spin and kick like the three of us off. Good evening everybody and welcome to StatCheck episode 63. This is the London Grand Tournament Breakdown, or as I'm going to call it, the Liam VSW episode. Because um, <laughs> the boy does not L. Um, I'm Ennis, I'm joined by Jeremy, Nathan and Anthony. Anthony who did join us all at the LGT this weekend. And we're here to talk about all things Warhammer related from the past week or so. We'll be talking about our LGT experiences, we'll be talking about the stats and how we're beginning to look like we might actually have something resembling a healthy meta uh despite the fact that it's basically under duress of eldar players deciding that they're good at warhammer again um but yeah with that all said how is everybody getting on i hope you're all having a wonderful week i hope you all did create any tournaments you were at take it away jeremy hi i'm still in tournament prep mode but uh i'm getting these guys ready nearly there I submitted a list and then realized that I still had a thousand points unpainted of my Votan list. So, oh, so like then, 450 models or something like that. <laughs> it feels like some days. Uh, yeah, so I've got a GT coming up this weekend. List just went live. Should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I like the flowers on um, your bases. Thank you. I really like the, uh, the little neon tufts that I use. Are those the blue and pink ones from Gamers Grass? Those yeah, tufts? they're the alien neon from Gamers Grass. Totally not sponsored, but totally endorse them. Those are the those are the best tufts. They're on two of my armies. <laughs> yeah, I no, think my Drukari are based with those. They're That's what my Drukari are based with. And yeah. my they're just heads. so vibrant. Mm -hmm. No, I would know. I would have a clearer picture of what my Drukari are based with, but I haven't seen them in two years. So <laughs> it's been not that long, but. I'm pretty sure it has. It's not going to be any less time than that. Look, LVO 2022 was only like 19 months ago. Yeah, that was the oh second to last time I saw them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last time was Cherokee. It's true. My cursed terrible run where I went checks notes four and two. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Honestly, an embarrassment to your country. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, are we going to go straight to me? Oh, dang, we're just rotating in a direction. Um, I have continued to not do much 40K stuff outside of this podcast and just managing so a Discord full of people. It actually wasn't work. I just spent the weekend not... Well, I did spend some of the weekend working, but... <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> um, there it is. I also, I also spent part of the weekend going... Because I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3. I grabbed my copy of the old Drizzt books from oh. Ari Salvatore. Yeah, I read a bunch I, of those from like high school that I still had the tr first trilogy from, and I started reading that again. Yeah, I read, the, I read the first four, like when I first picked up Baldur's Gate as well. Yeah, so I'm like back to reading those, and then I, I did spend a whole evening assembling Neurogaunts and Termagants and Pyrophores and things. So I assembled like a hundred gaunt based models in like an evening. Oh, Jesus, Nathan, nice. Most yeah, of I've them read the uh, the Malice Darkblade books, which are basically the Drizzt books. So, <laughs> well, Drizzt, if Drizzt decided to just actually be full on evil the whole time, all the way through, <laughs> yeah, same same thing, right? <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. yeah. I'm prepping like a bunch of Tyranid stuff. That's basically all that's going into my 40k hobby 
life at the moment. Uh, although I guess I am also painting up just like a few more Eldar things to finalize that collection and then probably put it on a shelf. I don't know, man. Or just I never make thought I could be more disappointed than you. Or just make it sad. It, it's working. I know. How about you, Anthony? How was your weekend? Uh, better than expected. <laughs> I gotta tell you, on the bingo card was not World Beaters with Angron go five and zero, and Innes and Brian Bennett in the four one run. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, turns out it doesn't matter what army you play if you have a fairly easy run in terms of enemies played. Just play against no Eldar. Nailed it. Um, I did spend the minutes walking between round five towards uh, playing against a million of Curse Cultists. Like, man, if I had just played that Terminator list, I wouldn't even have to be awake for this game. But, you know, that's the break sometimes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I admit I had a great weekend. Um, I played, like, you know, a bunch of awesome opponents. Things were broadly good. Um, I think Angron made it to the end of every game, either naturally or with the assistance of the murder god. Um, did he? Yeah, he made it to the end of every game. Good job, Angron. Um, he did get shot a lot by Forge Fiends in that very last game and just <laughs> refused to die to that. Also, Angron failed his uh, fight on death when Angron killed him. That was also funny. It was like, that's a corn strap, buddy. That doesn't work on him. Um, so, yeah, that was... I mean, we'll probably go over the games in some amount of detail later. But in general, things went really well. I went to a really awesome concert at um, Alexander Palace the weekend before. And then I spent a week in uh, Castle Bryan in Edinburgh, which is the only castle in Edinburgh. Um, and <laughs> that was it. That was, it was, things were good. Uh, spent some time with everybody, hung out. Got briefly trapped in a Airbnb and had a good time. <laughs> yeah, I will say hearing Anthony in was it round four we played next to each other, Anthony? Yeah. Where the the poor Granite player, like I felt I feel like I felt him emotionally break when Angron came back. Yeah. And just like the guy just kinda went, uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He ca came back, landed, hit the charge. The the Very exact nice. words were uh, and Anthony goes, so he comes back, and then the guy's goes, oh, so when does that happen? And he goes, immediately, and then just sets him up. <laughs> now. Like, oh, I, I, should, I should buy, I should buy an Angron. Yeah. I have all the other Primarchs, I should get, I should get Angron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's the best version of the list, and I have a version of the list specifically designed to, like, hate fuck the game, because someone decided that Invocatus has enough scout to give to not give his unit scout, but not enough scout to use it. How much could a scout scout if a scout could scout scout? GW, you're so fucking bad at writing rules. Um, the so if I don't play the hate fuck list though, uh, Angron will probably stay in. I feel like you should play Angron just for the like the ability to scam people with deploying Angron at them. Uh, uh, it does have yeah. a powerful energy. It does require yeah. him to own an Angron. No, it doesn't. We can just that if all. I, if I, we can definitely source. <laughs> oh no, I've, been I've, I've already, already given two dollars towards the Angron fund. I've already sourced an Angron for Cali and finals that is not mine. I'm <laughs> not worried. Plus, about Anthony it. did find out recently he does own an Angron. It's just not built or painted. Oh yeah, that's true too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, so I'm playing this list with Angron, and Jim was like, "Do you want me to build yours?" And I was like, "Build whose?" <laughs> 
Um, I specifically remember you asking that, asking you that when the book came out. I was like, "Are you getting anger?" And you were like, "No," and then you just had him anyway. I think when ten, when I saw his tenth rules, I was like, "Oh, he's good now. Maybe the army will be good." And then I bought him, and then he, you know, tenth early was, you know, tenth early. <laughs> um, yeah, like Luke said, the Rage RS version exists. Which, to be fair, you don't deploy anger on, but you do put twenty one eight bound in the opponent's deployment zone on top one. So powerful energy. Different type of energy, still strong. Anyway, yeah, that's pretty much what we can. Then you play against nine nerglings that go no. I mean, you just run through them and just keep going, right? You take all the movement buffs, smash those nerds, spend the blood roll, get the feel no pain, and stare at your opponent with fifty wounds. Yeah, but you're then only nine inches outside your deployment zone instead of in their deployment zone. Oh, sure, but like you're in the middle, right? <laughs> and then the next turn, you're like touching their board edge. Mm -hmm. You're like, I hope you can kill this in a turn, buddy. Yeah, or you you've have got, another you've plan. Got one. <laughs> also, you're playing against Nurgling, so you're probably playing against a bad army. True, could be playing against CSM. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not like, global, terrible army CSM. You're, you're not taking nine in CSM, right? So it's going to be fine. No, you're taking like three if you had the points. Yeah, maybe six. Six if we're going wild. Yeah, like. <laughs> No, that makes total sense. As for myself, I was at the same event as Anthony. Uh, I did manage to go 4-1 with the Chaos Space Rings myself. Fell in the last round to Manny on the third attempt he had at me that weekend. Um, sadly, uh, couldn't quite con couldn't quite convert, convert the 3-0 and moving the Scottish border down to Nottingham. Uh <laughs> <laughs> would you move the border down or would you just leave the UK? I think we get dealer's choice. We get to move the border down and we get to rejoin the EU. I think that was the... Uh, so I really, I, I screwed it up for everybody. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, but I did manage... Impressed. I did manage to take down the uh, the Invitational, which was... Uh, I managed to play with my Dark Angels. Uh, people kept asking me if I, if I regretted not playing my Dark Angels in the main event after winning the Invitational with them. I was like, no, dude. Do you know how much harder work this is into like, anything that's good? I just put in as the other people in the Invitational who were also playing joke lists. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people didn't realize that there was a... I don't know if it was spoken or unspoken agreement that there was just going to be no Eldar. Yeah, we were so my bracket, which was the pros bracket, had no Eldar in it. The unconquerables bracket, which was people who had done well at UK tournaments, had no Eldar in it. And then the amateurs bracket, which was full of all the tryhards, had three Eldar players in it, but got won by my chin on GSC. So <laughs> I didn't have to play against a single night spinner, and that made my weekend much more fun on that aspect of it. Um, it turns out when the scariest threats in your bracket are GSC and or the three things you're playing against are GSC, a curse of cultists, and Tau, and you have armoric attempt and a hundred wounds a two up save. It's like you get to just kind of like wander about. Like I don't, th I think I lost my Deathwing Knight squad. Yeah, I lost Tau on like the fifth crisis active crisis suit activation to the squad. The the, the the Deathwing Knights finally died, and I was like, cool man, there's a land raider in your deployment zone now. What are you doing with that? And he was like, I guess nothing. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a very very different um, very different event in terms of expectations. I'm sure we'll run through it a bit more when we talk about it. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, did not manage to get the conversion. But what I did manage to do, and this is significantly more important to me, is stop the downslide at LGT. <laughs> <laughs> so you managed to lose round five on table one rather than win round five on table 125. It was like in the 200s last year, buddy. Like it was it was like not even close. Um, yeah. So my 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 trajectory at uh, LGT. He is now five zero four one three two four one. So we're going back up. That's that's all that really matters. Is I don't mind ping ponging a little bit. Uh, it just means I get the five zero next year. I'm pretty sure that's how math and series and skill and all that sort of stuff works. <laughs> 
Um, and for anybody, for everybody who's listening, yes, this is a TV night talk. It's Brian's. He gave me it instead of paying for a tournament ticket because it doesn't fit him. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, I figured I would wear it in solidarity with the best player in the world, Liam VSL, right now. Yeah, I think you would have a very difficult argument uh, against the uh, the tall wizard. The man is quite good at Warhammer, which is probably a pretty good segue into let's talk about the week in stats. Sure. So we ended up having just like a fuck ton of events, really, and a fuck ton of players this weekend. <laughs> so I pity poor Jeremy, who had to go through all of the lists to make sure that you fools can use drop down menus correctly. Um, so for anything else other than the fact that you should be able to use a drop down menu, please put in your faction correctly using a drop down menu for Jeremy's sanity, if only for that reason and no other. I will say I was very impressed. Um, and I, this is a UKTC thing, if I remember correctly. You're supposed to declare your faction properly, right? Or you get a yellow card yellow? if you don't declare okay. your faction LGBT, LGT. Yeah, that's what I thought. And and so I was very concerned when I saw an Imperial Agents slash Imperium Army declared. And I was like, this doesn't seem right. We talked about this last week because last Monday was when lists went up. And Tuesday, I went through and read all of the LGT lists. And there was an Imperial Agents player. We've gone through it again. We're not quite sure if his list is actually legal, but... It's a cool list, so let it we'll let it ride. Um, because we discovered that uh, if you choose a Warhound, uh, like your faction to be Adeptus Titanicus or whatever they they call it now, I think it's just Titans. Um, then you don't have to choose a detachment. You skip this step, and you still have the the Imperial or Chaos equivalent allies available to you because your faction is still Imperium or Chaos. Imperial Agents doesn't have that role where you can skip the choose detachment step. So. But either way, cool list. Uh, it went three two, which was a lot more than powerful. anybody expected. Yeah, way what? better than anybody's expectation. I think it beat an Eldar player as well on the way. Um, so give me a second like, and I'll find it. <laughs> I can't remember if it won against that Eldar player or not, but I thought it did beat an Eldar player in one of its ways. I will find the actual games because this is just too cool. Do you ever consider it for teams? <laughs> Dude, triple Imperial squads with all the Inquisition. They're minus one to hit, minus one to wound, five invulnerable save, and they have 12 inch no deep strike aura. Just I every GSC player bleeds to death against you. I think we could get Typhus to score fives on that. I think we could get Typhus to score fives on anything, but sixes on nothing, so. Yeah, but fives on that is f way funny. We'll, oh, take I'm sure. to, we'll take it to no, no, EGC so Dina Typhus... stops crying. <laughs> Typhus is playing sisters at um, Scotland, so it's fine. ETC, yeah. he can play whatever he wants. All right. Uh, oh, he Long lost to Aiden, uh, who's one of the Death Care players from Disgusting and Resilient. Um, which, yeah, that seems reasonable. Your three, your three small knights and your handful of Imperial agents didn't hit. That took way too long. Hard to Death Care. <laughs> name was C. Bishop. Uh, apparently a friend of his emailed us earlier to talk about it. Uh, he won round one against Eldari, 58 to 48. <laughs> Did they finish the game? I don't know. He lost round two against Thousand Sons, uh, 97 to 64. He won the next round against Thousand Sons, 54 to 47. Learned from he his then, mistakes. He then lost to Death Guard. It was Aiden Smalley, actually, that he played. Uh, he lost 100 to 61. And then, no, 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 no. And then he beat Eldari, 90 to 82. Guys, I that last one for the wins, it sounded like the secret ingredient was crime and it was slow play. But that last one, maybe it's real. 
You gotta, you gotta remember, guys. W L W L W is the perfect tournament win path for the meme army. So I mean, <laughs> that's true. I'll take a three two with Imperial Agents. Yeah. I can't win two games in a row, but I sure can win three games. <laughs> three what was the actual list, Jeremy? Do you have it to hand? Uh, no, but I can pull it up real fast. Uh, you guys talk for a little bit, and I'll pull it up. Sure. Uh, oh, shout out to Oriel, who's in chat, saying that he played Manny in game four, and then got the pair got the pair down by the punishment into Sacco round five. <laughs> Oh, nice. oh. <laughs> like oh dude i'm i'm so sorry that that happened to you yeah and sacco was working out some <laughs> negative emotions as yeah. well like yeah sacco said that like i just got beat 100 to 25 i didn't get to deploy <laughs> half my army <laughs> oh no um yeah imagine being the elder player that lost imperially imagine being one of the two elder players like that's just gonna screw the win rate chart for ever now right <laughs> Yeah, they have like, an L2. Never, never, never changing. <laughs> Alright, I got the Oh list. no. That took a little while longer than I wanted. Alright, so Imperial Agents, Strike Force, no detachment. Kaladus Assassin, <laughs> Kalexis Assassin, Assassin, Aversor Assassin, Inquisitor, Inquisitor Kodiaz, Inquisitor, Lord Inquisitor Kyria Draxus, Rogue Trader Entourage, Rogue Trader Entourage, Vindicare Assassin. Voidsman at Arms, Voidsman at Arms, Voidsman at Arms, Imperial Navy Breachers, Imperial Navy Breachers, Imperial Navy Breachers, Inquisitorial Henchmen, Inquisitorial Henchmen, Inquisitorial Henchmen, Subductor Squad, and then a Hellrun and two Warglaves. That's a lot of units. Yeah, I think it's just a, so much trash, the opponent just doesn't know what to do with it. It's a sister's list, and you clock out while reading their data sheets. So, <laughs> no. seriously, I'm reading the list, and I'm just like, "What the hell?" Well, for one, what is a subductor squad? But then I'm just like, "What is a shock mall?" That sounds cool. I bet it's a, it's one of the exaction squad variants. Like exaction squad is just the cheapest one. But any amount of money, it's like three attacks at four one one. Probably. I do want to know what the cyber mastiff's mechanical bite does. I hope it's just like the same profile as Fuegan. Like, <laughs> for no reason. Five. Oh, so it's like the uh, the Stormblade that moves nine feet? Yeah, yeah that, that's perfectly reasonable. That, that that thing exists. Yeah. Oh, my God. We got to play it raw like Invocatus' scout move, dude. Unlucky. <laughs> you don't know the intent. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe they wanted it I'm to glad the app. I'm, all I'll say is I'm glad the app has the functionality to allow things to have a nine foot movement as opposed to just being like hard coded to inches or something like that. No, it's typed in. Like they, they no, put it's, nine. It's, it, yeah, it's way funnier to know that someone's like nine, this key, nine, this key for every variant. Yeah, as opposed to just like putting a number in and then it all fills the. No, no, gotta be both. You gotta yeah. add more fail points. That's the yeah. re real reason the app is so quick. They've got a mechanical Turk behind the scenes just typing everything in as you as you're looking it up. Yeah. <laughs> And they're paying them a nickel per entry. It'll be great. Yeah, that's why he's so fast. That's why you have to, why you have to pay for the for the app. Yep. And the <laughs> and the codex and the codes. And All right, the, Jeremy, uh, run us in, run right. us into the stats for the week before this gets I'm bad. Nathan, I'm, Nathan, run us into the stats for the week before this gets bad. <laughs> So for this last week, I want to talk about this last week, and then I want to talk about all three weeks. And then I'm going to show you a graphic, because apparently that's a thing that we're going to do sometimes, but not always. But today, yes. Don't um, get used to it, kids. I like it, basically. Um, the best performing faction over the weekend was Black Templar, actually. Um, <laughs> 39 players, 3.1% of the meta, a 58% win rate. Uh, two top fours, three top tens, and a 1.82 for overrep. Uh, second is Tau, 
72 players, 5.6% of the meta, 56.4% win rate, an event win, three top fours, six top tens, and a 1.48 for overrip. Third is Orcs at 4.1% of the meta, 56% win rate, an event win, three top fours, five top tens, and a two for overrip. Then we got Chaos Space Marines at 6.7% of the meta, a 55.8% win rate. Uh, two event wins, five top fours, 15 top tens, and a two again for overrep. And then in fifth place, Eldar, 118 players, 9.2% of the meta, a 55.4% win rate, two event wins, six top ten or six top fours, 10 top tens, and well, 1.8 for overrep. Um, right below them is the highest overrep, I think, for the weekend at a 2.95, which is Death Watch, who got one top four and a 55% <laughs> win rate. Um, because they only had 12 players so didn't even quite hit a one percent of the meta this weekend they heard us speaking about them last week and we're like hold on let's not get nerfed again (laughs) just (laughs) all decided to (laughs) but i think one of the cool things is that like it's black templars who are the number one performing faction weekend it's not gonna bear out probably past this weekend i think yeah i was gonna say give it checks notes um, at the other end of the meta, and then we'll go into some three-week data, because now we have three data points, which actually you can make a trend line with. Amazing. Uh, Space Wolves are the worst performing faction for the weekend. 24 players, 1.9% of the meta, a 39.6% win rate. Above them is Imperial Knights, 3.3% of the meta, 41% win rate, but they did win an event. Um, and then above them is Drukari, 24 players, 1.9% meta representation. <laughs> Doing great when a uh, sub-faction of a faction has more, has the same number of players as you. Um, 41% win rate, no event wins, no top fours, no top tens of any kind. Uh, then generic Space Marines, 4.8% of the meta, 42% win rate, and three top tens. And then finally, Sisters of Battle at a 1.3% meta representation, a 43% win rate, and one top 10 for the weekend. Uh, Tyranids and Necrons are right above them. Both of them are doing it at 43.5 and a 45, respectively, each with an event win, each with three top fours, and then six top 10s for Tyranids and seven for Necrons. So that's kind of the stats for the week. More interesting, I think, and why I'm going to try to share my screen again, which is always a mistake, but we're going to do it anyways. Um, Let's see how this works real quick. First, it's going to get really weird, and then it'll be fine, I promise. All right, there we go. Um, So last week, we presented some of this data where you could see the trend line and kind of the changes. So 917 is that first week of that. So when the slate was released, we have one, two, three weeks of data now. And you can see that everything is driving real hard towards the balance kind of zone of 45 to 55% win rates. Um, this is all some, this is all average win rates. So it's not quite the same as the total data that we see in our data set. But it does definitely look like the meta balance situation is significantly better than it was just a few weeks ago where we had Eldar like a 68% win rate, and now they're just kind of right above the 55-point line. I believe they're at a 56.2% altogether. Uh, the only faction kind of out on the bottom is Drukari, although if you look at the data set, it's Imperial Knights and Drukari for just these three weeks of data post-slate. Um, 
with Drukari being at like 41% and Imperial Knights being at about 44.6% or something like that. Um, so I just wanted to show this to you. It's kind of neat. You can definitely see the like approach towards the mean from both sides, both the overtuned and undertuned sides of the meta. So I just thought this was kind of neat. Um, and then I'll talk about the numbers real quick and then we'll pop off of this. So I'm going to stop sharing my screen. Yeah. So if anyone want, who's listening to the podcast wants to take a look at this, uh, just go to stat-check.com slash the-meta uh, and then go to the win rate trends page and that'll be what we were talking about the last minute or so. Uh, the other thing to note for anyone who's listening or anyone who's watching right now is that shows a four-week rolling average. So it basically averages the wins from the last four. So right now we still have one week of pre-slate included in that number. As soon as yep. we get one, you know, as soon as we have next week's data added to this, then we're looking at four weeks of post-slate. So then we'll be in purely post-slate territory for this. Um, all right, now I'm going to look at the Excel spreadsheet for just the data slate numbers. So this is three weeks of data. Uh, for our top five factions, we have Eldar, who are at a 56.2% win rate and a 1.9 over rep. They've won five out of 34 GTs that we've tracked so far since the slate dropped. They have 23 top fours and 38 top tens. Uh, the second best faction and one of the two other ones that are kind of outside the traditional balance window is Tau, who are at a 55.9. They have four event wins, eight top fours, and 20 top tens, and a 1.19 over rep. And then the third faction outside of the 55 to 45 range is Chaos Space Marines, who have five event wins, 11 top fours, and 11 top tens. Or 11 top fours, 30 top tens for a 1.26 over rep. Yeah. Um, so those are the three factions that are over 55, and they're all within, like, one to two percentage points, essentially, of 55. So we're doing a lot better than we were doing before. We don't have a faction that has won over half of GTs anymore. All but seven factions have won a GT three weeks into the meta, and the top three factions that I just mentioned have won 14 of those. They're at five, four, and five. Um out of, 30, out of 34, so. which is yeah. a hell of an improvement over the yeah, Much half. better than it used to be. It's not, like, uh, perfect. It's still not great that we kind of have that heavy weighting towards, like, three factions or so. But it's so much better than having Eldar being that number, essentially, which is where we would have been previously. Where it was Eldar who had won 14 out of 34 events, and then everybody else was kind of yeah. fighting for scraps. and. What Jeremy pointed out earlier that I thought was really interesting as well is that every faction has gotten at least one top four performance so far over three weeks. So there's nobody who's been totally ousted from like a podium-ish finish or a completely out of the running mm -hmm. for a win. Um, at the bottom... Oh. No, I was just going to okay. say, and one of the things to also note is that Drukhari, despite being the worst performing army on pretty much every metric, has still won a GT. Yes, they still have won a GT. Um, they are the second or third, yeah, third lowest represented faction as of this moment, with Adeptus Mechanicus, Sisters, and Drukari kind of rounding out that. Um, Drukari are the worst performing faction at the moment. 45 players over three weeks for 1.7% of the meta, and a 41.7% win rate, with one event win, one top four, and two top tens. So it's just that one player, really, who won an event who's top four or won something. And even with their low meta representation, they're at a 0.43, which is a little bit amplified by kind of their low play rate, but something to keep an eye on. 
The only other faction that's outside of that window on the low end is Imperial Knights, who are at a 44.6% win rate, and they also have won an event, have three top fours and seven top tens, and have a 0.6 for over it. And yes, Sebastian, um, we are still counting Ratcon. They played core missions. They played core rules. They had a twist on each mission. And then I know that this will make Custodes players mad, but you're still in the balance window. Sorry, Custodes players. One day you will learn that data <laughs> doesn't care about your feelings. Um, 137 players for... would have gotten owned by Custodes if I played them. At LGT? Yeah. Yeah. That matchup is fucking horrible. <laughs> They are at a 45.1% win rate over three weeks. They have they are one of the seven factions without a GT side, like a GT win that we're tracking. They do have three top fours, though, and nine top tens. And a 0.42. Um, they do have a lot of people still playing them. They're at a 5.2% meta representation, so they're still a plenty popular faction. And if we look at their week-to-week -week data, we're kind of seeing them bounce back after kind of an immediate drop after the slate. Now they've kind of bounced back for their win rate a little bit. So we'll see if that kind of bears out long term, if kind of Custodius players have recovered from the sticker shock of the changes and have moved into a better place. I don't know. Maybe. After that, everybody else is in the balance window. Like Custodes up through Leagues of OTAN are all within 45 to 55 range. Uh, there are a couple factions to kind of to keep an eye on, probably. I mean, Tau are obviously a faction to keep an eye on. Chaos Space Marines as well, because they're over 55. And then you have Leagues of Otan and Orcs who are like right at that threshold of 55%, which is... I was surprised how little Orcs I saw the weekend, actually. I don't think I saw any that were doing like actually well. Uh, I can tell you how they did, actually. I don't, I don't recall even seeing... like I'm, I'm sure like one of them had like 3-0 or something, because I remember seeing... I think I saw the one the stat that you had over the week, over the event for LGT, but I didn't see any like floating around the top tables. That train is really tough for moving lots of trucks around. And yeah, for sure. Works isn't really fast enough. But I would also say WC is yeah, one of the, or UKTC is one of the less dense terrain formats out there. But it definitely has the worst not... like deployment places for them. So yeah, yeah I was gonna I say, say it's more about the deployment than anything, right? Yeah. They have to deploy very like I'm gonna go get you and die if I go second, Whereas, or like, in a ruin the... a mile away. Yeah, yeah. All the other formats like it's fine, but on that one it's rough. That's why the movement was so good for eaters specifically, right? That like the 17 yeah. takes you exactly between ruin to ruin. Yeah. So for orcs at LGT, there were, uh, just quick check. There were only 29 of them, which out of 760 players is actually quite the small number. Um, they had a 51.7% win rate and there were four of them that went four and one. So not so terrible, like, but not like terrible, but like their, their, their highest at, finishing yeah. one was 39th, which was Graham Russell. Yeah. I mean, the best score. Me, but... <laughs> Did better uh, than Brian. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't have like orcs are definitely, they seem good, but I'm, I'm hesitant to be anywhere near like calling them problematic at the moment, just having not seen any real results from them. I think they actually got hurt a bunch by a lot of the armies that got lifted. Yeah. Yeah, like that Death Guard matchup does not look super pleasant. Okay. Same with like Votan and things like that. I think Votan's solvable. Like even just like the regular like Orcman run at you shit is probably okay. But the um Yeah, like Death Guard's unpleasant, Eaters is unpleasant, fucking CSM becoming like a widespread force is not great. Stuff like that all seems problematic. Yeah, Votan probably can just decimate you two if you're not careful, right? 
Yeah, I mean, orcs, orcs just die if you're not careful. Votan. Yeah. The orc army goes away if the Votan draw like enough lines on you during that turn, right? Yeah, yeah you go second against six Sagittars that all scout directly towards you. you. Start lifting your trucks in your deployment zone. You're like, you're not having a good time. Yeah. Yep. Which is why Leagues of Votan are my pick for faction to watch. <laughs> Well, that's not a new segment we're doing, guys. Don't don't get gaslit into Nathan saying it in enthusiastic voice. <laughs> I know. Uh, otherwise, there are like a, several factions that are that's have multiple event wins but aren't doing great for a win. Anthony, game. no bad. I mean, we could have the bumper made. We could. We could have it spin onto the screen. Oh my god, that would be so guys, funny. Guys, we don't have to become Hellstorm Wargaming. It's okay that we're on uh, our own I'm, thing. I don't know. I just thought it was funny for the moment. I don't know, guys. I really <laughs> like the idea of like bad eighties sitcom. It like it bonus points if we could get it to spin and kick like the three of us off, and then Nathan says it. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> Faction to watch, and it just launches the other three of us into the corners. Hold on a second. I gotta write this down before we forget. No. Uh. All I right. would have just cruised past that, not thought about it at all, until you said not to do it. Now I was like, oh, how can we make that happen? We we're going to start having Star Wars to all PowerPoint screen transitions with yeah, segments. Yeah. And... We were talking about making tech improvements to this podcast. It's the faction of the week. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> and every week, the faction of the week is Drakari. You make Innis sad, he makes you sad. Just remember, Anthony, you have that really pretty Drazar you're never going to use. <laughs> that is, is a so gorgeous pretty. Drazar. He's the most pretty. He's with Brian right now. There Why is he with Brian? Did you just not want to fly back with him? Yeah, I was. I didn't have a good travel method, so Brian's yeah. going to bring him to the finals, and then I'll take him home. That's fair. Brian should give him to Ennis so you can get him at Cali. I, mean, I, I would play. not trust me with transporting the Drazar. That's no, because then idea. Anthony has to play Drukari at Cali. Oh, that's no, true. I've, no, I've already promised Stephen that I would play World Eaters. That's literally <laughs> how I ended up playing them for this. Uh, Dorian, I'll ask into this real quickly. Um, yes, uh, there is the opportunity to order dice and bring them to LVO. However, we're currently sold out of dice. We are looking to get some more made. Hopefully, we will get them in time for LVO. But if if, if you're looking to do that, the best bet is to drop us an email, uh, whatever the email is on the website. I would recommend checking it out there rather than doing it on the show because we will forget because this is the show, unfortunately, not the business end. <laughs> this is none of this is the business end. All right. Oh. Shall we talk a bit about LVO? About what? Yeah, we can about LVO. Words are hard. We can talk about LVO. Oh, Jeremy, did you get announced? Did we talk about that last week? or We didn't talk about it last week because it was announced this weekend. Cool. Well, let's talk about that very quickly. Then we'll talk about LGT to make me All look right, less yeah. like I did that the wrong Nailed way. Nailed it. <laughs> Fucking Beautiful <easy>. transition. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ooh, anyone yeah. who may not be aware, um, I am, well, I have been um, working towards uh, doing a lot of judging. I've been working alongside the Games Workshop crew. I've done a lot of my own events here. Uh, and as a result of some of that work, I was approached by Frontline Gaming, uh, specifically by Adam Solis, who is Frontline Gaming's head judge. He is the in charge of every game system that they run, uh, asking for some assistance during the, uh, L during the LVO 40K champs. Uh, and so I'll be essentially the assistant to the head judge for that weekend 
<laughs> Look, everyone else has made the joke at me. I have to make it at least once. Um, so if there's anything you want to pass on about judging at L at LVO at previous years. Uh... Did the Yinkarn charge after teleporting? <laughs> if I keep asking enough ways. <laughs> In ninth? No. That's all I needed. So game nine, he can't do it. <laughs> Can the Yinkarn teleport after charging? Can the Yinkarn rapid ingress? <laughs> that's, that's... Not using deep strike. Oh my gosh, this is getting to weird places. Let's go, go to on LGT. to LGT. Let's talk about LGT. Which of the two of you wants to start? How about Anthony? Because he can't scout move. So we're going to give him this. I can yeah. scout move. What do you mean? I just spent the whole weekend scout moving. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> can Jeremy pick yeah. scout move? Nick, Nick knows what's up. Jeremy, please. I'll try. Um, so LGT was great. Uh, I'll start with the basic stuff. So. It was in a place that Uber said would take 10 minutes to get to. That took 50 minutes to get to. So Uber near London is lying to you. Um, so aside from that, though, um, <laughs> Brian, Brian said, can the Yincarn? That's it. In general, um, yes. <laughs> um, so the place itself was cool. It was like a big like track meet place that was inside. Um, this had the, like, secret hidden upside of the floors being real easy to stand on, which I didn't think about until we stepped on them, and then I was like, oh, hey, that's f awesome. Um, so, that was good. Um, yeah, it was well organized. Every round started on time. Like, the place was clean. Uh, like, much cleaner than it had any right to be for there being, like, a thousand people in a room. Um, it wasn't a million degrees. That was also cool. Um, yeah, like all the event stuff, it just like ran great, ran smooth. The area was like big enough. Um, they could have done with like slightly more table separation, but like it was mostly all right. I got stuck against a wall for one of my games and it was the game I played against Thousand Suns. So it was a lot of me like running around five tables to do like half my turn, then running back around to the other half to do like the other side. It was like, yeah, yeah. There's a reason we don't play Hammer and Anvil till the top eight. That makes a lot of sense. That would have been pretty shit, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, all of that stuff was great. Um, the food truck situation was dope. All the food vendors there were real good. Um, I've never been to a tournament you could get steak at before. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so, yeah, like, it was just all, like, the logistical stuff that normally drives me insane was pretty good. They could have dealt with, like, slightly more bathrooms, but lots of access to free water was really cool. Um, yeah, just in general, that was pretty dope. Um, as far as the games themselves went, I took World Leaders with Angron, um, which I thought was going to be a horrific error. Uh, and then I played some practice games in the lead-up, and I was like, okay, it's at least real adjacent enough that I could do this without feeding. Um, round one, I played a super nice guy playing Necrons. Um, I went first, and there's two ways to approach this matchup as Necrons. You can either deploy so far away that you'll never touch a midfield objective, or you can try and be like, all right, listen, I took all these durable models for a reason. Let's see if he's fucking got it, and then find out if I have it. Um, this guy chose option two, and I did have it. But as I was in, like, the middle of tabling this man, 
on two. Uh, he was like, yeah, so I work for Games Workshop if you want one of these dice. And I was like, oh, no, did I just? And then he was like, yeah, I like manage one of the stores. And I was like, oh, fucking Jesus. Okay. Um, <laughs> Anthony was looking at Robin Credis's name suddenly yeah. on the list. Like, what yeah. did I just? Oh, no. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> but he was super nice. We talked about it after the game that like there wasn't like a ton of super great options for him in that. Um, Although it was Dawn, and, like, playing against an army that moves that fast on Dawn is, like, what are we doing? Um, There's a reason we don't play that mission at WTC. That's right. Um, so, yeah. Um, that was, it was game one. Game two is against a guy playing Thousand Sons, and I went first, and <laughs> maybe he did. Maybe that's what happened. Um, so, game two, uh, this is, like, a pretty common trend that that happened a bunch in the event and i think will continue to happen for like a while until like melee gets buffed in some other way but like people have these like screening habits where they have a tendency to put like a unit next to a unit and that means two people get killed when i charge and that happened a bunch of times in this game um like especially as more msu lists it's really hard to avoid like the eaters coming at you at a certain angle charging tagging unit a fighting unit b and then making a bunch of stuff die. Um, in the scenario, it was a giant unit of Exalted Eightbound that got to do that. So he lost like two characters on top one, and could He's only playing T Sons, right? Yeah, and he could only answer it really with Magnus, and the only angle with which he could answer it with Magnus involved going towards the center, where there was a box with this little dude on a forty millimeter base that really, really, really fucking hates whoever is in front of him with the character keyword. Um, so the Master of Executions with the Berserker Glaive walked up to Magnus, rolled to hit, rolled to wound, and killed Magnus uh, while I had four dice to roll to wound in my hand. Um, and I was like, listen, man, you can CP reroll that save and blank that one if you want, but I got these still. He couldn't blank it, Anthony. I meant to tell you this at the weekend. Berserker Glaive, buddy. Oh! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I would have just been lying. Sorry that, I mean, it didn't work anyway, so whatever. <laughs> but anyway, I had four more dice in my hand, and the I mean, poor man just died. No, I would have set it to zero and I'd gone back to three, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's two plus three for five, but he zeroes out the first bit, and then it goes to three. Sure, but like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that was that. Um, and then in round three, I played against Grey Knights and we were pretty convinced that I had lost because I played him on the worst possible mission in a suboptimal deployment and went first, which is terrible into Grey Knights in this setup. Priority uh, targets. Yep. Yep. And he took a, well, and also he gets to teleport turn one then. And also he took a unit of purifiers, which is bad in literally every other matchup, but is really fucking good in the world leaders um so the purifiers Purifiers for the uninitiated having uh like three shotguns with anti-infantry two plus yeah yeah two shots with crow in the squad and it's like anti-infantry two plus and it's like neg one one damage and we was just like like i basically would run a unit at him he would miss, and I'd be like, at least you're not on the objective anymore, and then like my unit would die, and his unit would live, and we just did that for five turns. 
I would catch like little stuff and that was kind of it. Um, so that was really funny. And then we got to the end and I'm like, all right, I'm up by a little bit. We're going into your turn. Let's see how it goes. We like add up the primary score and I'm like up by like nine or something. And he draws like overwhelming force, which he can get by killing a rhino. And I'm like, all right, your other secondary though has to give you six. And it's just, bam, capture enemy outpost. He's held my home objective for four turns. Like if I'm just like, okay, I guess that's how the run ends. I am the sacrifice to the Grey Knights at LGT, as is the time-honored tradition. Um, and we're like going back through the score. And he's like, yep, this is the score. And I was like, let's just like double check before we hand it in. And I look at my primary and I'm like, but wait a second. That doesn't say 45. Because I had gotten 10s. I literally was on every objective every turn until the end when I was on one with Angron, which was his. Um, and I just didn't have a 10 for primary in there. And I was like, wait a minute. So I, we added the 10 and I actually did win. But we were pretty sure that I had lost up until that point. Um, but he was a gem. He was super good. Um, and, then I, and then like after the game, like Dave came over to him and was like, oh, this is the guy that taught me how to paint. And I was like, ah, I knew you weren't just some random man. <laughs> you were way too good for that um so he had like he was part of dice down and had like a bunch of really good practice partners and i was like oh it all makes sense now um so that was that and then i played granites again in four that list was just like a pile of terminators that was much easier to handle than a unit of purifiers killing half my army with no response uh yep that was it um uh, round five was interesting my opponent was super good but he like made two tiny mistakes that cost him like a million models um he like went first, move block my whole army, set up all this stuff, was gonna place a spore mine to stop Angron from advancing, didn't use it to score cleanse, and then like didn't close a screen all the way. And then in my turn, I killed ten like a unit of Narrogants, six one Ryan's Leapers, ten gargoyles, an exocrine, three zoanthropes, all the warriors in the prime, death leaper, a neurolictor. And I think that was it. Tag zoanthropes. And I tagged a unit as the uh, You kill the no, unit no. zoanthropes as well, right? Oh, yeah. The unit of zoanthropes was just dead. The other one was, like, behind a wall. Casually, like, 800 points. It was, no. like, yeah, it was nearly 1,000. It was just, like, goodbye. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That was that. Um, that was that game. And then I played against Manny and... I got I got cultist. I got I got drowned. He clogged my chain axe with bodies, and that's how it goes. I wasn't really expecting to be in that position anyway. Uh, frankly, I was planning to drop after five because Boris was like, "Yo, just give my army back to like this guy after round five. And I was like, "So Boris, what if I go five zero? Um, we didn't really have a contingency for that. And I was like, "Ah, don't worry about it, man. Like, I don't want to put you out. Like, it's probably not going to happen anyway. No sweat. I'm playing anger on world leaders. It's going to be okay." Um, then I went five zero and I went over to Tull uh zach and gareth that i had to drop because my army was about to disappear on me and he looked at me like i had just like shot his dog so i was like all right let me see if i can like resolve a situation that doesn't involve me dropping from your tournament while i'm defeated i guess so boris was like just give the army to nos and he'll take care of it um so that was it um that was my run uh five and one much better than i expected i finished 15th which is hilarious um so yeah went well uh put me directly into second for world leaders 
within 87 as my fourth score. So I think we're going to be okay. Uh, shout out and apologies to Matt Tweedell, who's held rank one world leaders for like the entire season. Uh, probably no glass trophy for you, homie. And he's taking it off you. Yeah, sorry, homie. No, no glass trophy for you. That's mine now. <laughs> um, so yeah, how's the run? World leaders, better than expected. Good enough that I'll probably keep playing them. I'm playing them for like an upcoming scrim with Team Canada. Francois, message me. We have to figure that out. And that is pretty much it. Ennis, how was the long 14-game slog of... It was only 10. It, it could have been 15, but it was only 10. Um, yeah, so for anybody who doesn't know, I played in the Invitational and the main event, so I managed to play a whole 10 games of Warhammer in a five-round tournament, uh, which was which was good. Um, so for the Invitational, I was playing my Deathwing Knights list. My first round was against Tweak from Contact Lost. Uh, he was playing double Death Guard Land Raider, and I was playing single Space Marine Land Raider. And one Space Marine Land Raider is better than two Death Guard ones. Um, that was not a stunning revelation, but it was fun. The The highlight of that game was definitely charging into a squad of um, squad of Boiler Terminators that were next to Darklings and hitting them on sixes with my aggressors. Did not best enjoy that. It was a little, little awkward. Um... Second game, I played into Kalgarni on his Tau, uh, and we basically figured out the armor contempt was really good, uh, as I jammed 10 Deathwing Knights in the middle and got shot by a Tau army. Uh, highlight of this game was him taking somewhere in the region of 105 hazardous checks and failing about 7 of them, um, which definitely kept him in the running a lot longer than I really wanted. Uh, nah. Yeah, his first full activation, he like did, he like didn't lose a crisis suit. His second full activation, he lost like a crisis suit. His third, he lost a crisis suit. His fourth, he lost three, which I'm like starting to balance out. And then he like lost to like three wounds on Overwatch, full overcharge. I'm like, please just like lose a model every time you shoot this squad, at least please. Um, so that ended up getting really awkward. First, I like not like natty to nine inch charge into me and stuff like that. They're like swinging off five primary. I'm like, please just stop card charging me with that. Um, that game ended up being really, really strange because I basically killed nothing in combat. Um, I think I mostly just shot him to death, which is not how I thought that matchup was gonna go as a space marine player. Um, but no, it was it was super interesting. I ended up winning that one fairly comfortably. It was kill one, kill more, and I didn't get a kill till turn four. Uh, but I still like max secondaries, max primary, which is pretty, you know, pretty Killmore uh, mission. Like, there's a lot of primary on the table in that round. Um, and bring it down is a messed up secondary, and so is cleanse. Uh, the two scouts just, like, disappearing from an objective, grabbing cleanse in your opponent's backfield is great. I love that. Um, game three, I played into Manny on his Accursed Cultists, uh, and I shot him to death with aggressors. It was very easy. Um... I would not describe that as a complicated game state. I pushed Terminators into the middle of the board and went, good luck. And then they charged into like a full ten of a, cur a full squad of accursed cultists. They did one damage to me. I killed them back. You know, normal normal Deathwing Knight stuff. Uh, minus one damage, armor contempt is just a hell of a strat. I'm genuinely like even with the numering book, like still just like I kind of still want to play Deathwing Knights. That unit's just so much fun to put on the table, despite the fact that it's not going to have wound rerolls or anything like that anymore. I'm still just like. Yeah, but they're so tanky. You get to, like, hold objectives with them. Um, holding objectives with units and marines is, you know, difficult at the best of times. Um, round four, I played into Mycin on Gene Circults. Uh, this is a matchup where Ballistic Stradles, as it turns out, are really good at gaslighting your opponent into thinking there's something you have to deal with while not really doing anything. Uh, Mycin made a mistake on his turn one, uh, where he three-inch deep struck to kill a Ballistic Dreadnought, giving my giving my Deathwing Knights a 5-inch move in, my, in his turn because they have the, the ability that makes them always in uh, Tactical Doctrine. So they slid 5 inches onto the middle objective to score me primary 
directly towards his home objective, popped advance and charge and ran straight at it. Um, managed to hit a high charge, slingshot charge them into like a truck and the um, reductive saboteur on the objective and the Ridge Runner. Picked up the Ridge Runner, the truck, the saboteur, tagged into a unit of 20 neophytes and two demo charge squads, which then proceeded to hit me back with Armor of Contempt doing his grand total of like five damage and just locking down his deployment zone. Made it made, made it so that Myson had to drop in, drop back in on his backfield and just have a really, really rough time. Um, we ended up calling that game on turn three because it was like 11 o'clock at night by the time we were finishing up and we all wanted to go to bed. Um, but yeah, it was a super great game. Uh, Myson's a really good player who just had a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a rough go of it. I think he forgot the squad tactic strategy existed and just couldn't quite. It was an 11, Brian. No, it was right. a 12. It was boxcars. Was it a box card? It was okay, a box cool. card charge because you were like, okay, so sure. I need like a six or a seven to do this. It was a four. It was a four. <laughs> I needed like a six to get into the truck. Yeah, I think. Um, because it was right pressed up against the wall of the thing, so I just had to like get to it. Uh, I think my son will regret that thing being right up against the wall. Um But no, it was uh it was interesting. Um the reductor saboteur just like oh, for the for once a reductor saboteur failed its bomb roll as well. Honestly, the best feeling. I just That's never not seen a thing that happens. I know, right? It's like Fuegan or uh, Fuegan or Celeste failing to get up and stuff like that. It just doesn't really happen, does it? I didn't know even uh, if Fuegan had to roll to get back up. I just assumed that was a lot of. Doesn't feel like it does. It feels like they should, they can fate dice it, right? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that was really good fun. Um, it was really good to get a game against Mike in a proper tournament environment. I played practice games with him before, but to actually get a, a real game into him was really fun. Uh, and then I played Manny again in the finals because he came up to the redemption bracket, beating Liam Calabout from the unconquerable bracket. And I beat him in less time than last time because he had to go first this time, which meant that he had to walk towards me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was nice. Um, it was nice. Just, when you have it was nice to just be like, no, no, aggressors jump out of the land, jump out of the uh, the land raider, nuke it a curse, call the squad. Ballista's dreadnought fires at the forge fiend that doesn't have a CP for the Nurgle trap, picks it up in one go. It's just like this is this is what I'm here for. Uh, this is this is what this is what love's about. Um, they're, they're not good but they are fun <laughs> um so yeah that was the invitational for me um i ended up winning that one with 24 players super happy with winning that uh, unfortunately there wasn't like anything the one the one criticism i have of the event i didn't get my name shouted out during the award ceremony didn't get any like didn't get a trophy didn't get a medal just nothing uh a little bit dis disheartening to just kind of like go down an extra day early you know put in all the extra travel and all that stuff play five games and just kind of like get a handshake and a photo it was a little a little scuffed for me on that end they've definitely had like trophies and stuff like that for it before and shouted them during the ceremony um it's not really a complaint like i don't feel like i deserve like i was entitled to anything it's just a little strange to see like an event with that high a budget and with streams and all that sort of thing going on like we didn't play the final on stream because like obviously joe wanted to go home they'd already played for three games that day um like i get a whole bunch of it but the production value on the invitational wasn't insanely high this year i was a little a little disappointed with that Plus, it was the only thing I won, so I, you know, wanted something. <laughs> <laughs> but on the main event as well, I might have been a little less upset, but c'est la vie. Um, so then we rolled into the main event. For that one, I was playing the sort of a variation on the Liam list where I had uh, one less Forge Fiend, a couple more Obliterators, and then I didn't have Celeste. I had the Warpsmith that was generating me CP. Um, for that one, I played against Guard in round one. Uh, nothing super spectacular to this game. Highlight was definitely the Shadow Sword exploding in his deployment zone and killing... Uh, and doing like 14 damage combined to his two basilisks that then meant they died to five chosen because uh, that was just a nice feeling uh, 
Or the Sentinel's just like taking my home objective off a of Forge Fiend, just like running directly at it, getting shot by it, taking no damage, killing it, and <laughs> stealing my home objective. I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is not what I was really looking for out of this matchup. <laughs> Let's go. Um, or the or the Chimera just like face like just annihilating my Warpsmith in combat. Just like past the Battleshock test, Overwatch the Overwatch the cultists, shot my Warpsmith to death, charged on consolidate onto an objective. I'm just like, and you're definitely scoring a lot more points than I'm comfortable with this game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but nothing super strenuous there. It was uh, tar- harrow- harrowing moments of indirect though. When you're you're like you know the the sequencing on the Nurgle stratagem for rhinos is that like when there's indirect, you usually like you let the first one fire because it's super low odds to kill you. Take a bit of damage and then you indirect and then you Nurgle strat on the second volley so that they split across the two of them. Then you can start getting your healing going off. It's much less likely that you know like if they all put all two or all three of them into the other one, they're very much more likely to kill that one. Whereas you can kind of like split the damage up. First basilisk, eight damage on my rhino. I'm like, oh no, not what I was not what I was open for. Um, I I didn't even thought anything about it. He's just like made me roll five saves. I just rolled them all and I'm like, just like see the first four. They're all ones and twos. There's one set in the ground. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> and it was yeah, a pass. I'm like, bad. Oh, that was that was uh that was not what I was looking for. He only rolled five shots. It's like this is gonna be fine. Uh, just like four lethals and a wound on on uh fives. I'm just like uh, no more of this, please. Thank you. Um second game I played against uh, Eldar. Uh the highlight of this game for me was realizing midway through my opponent's turn one as I was going second that he didn't actually have the incarn in his list. Uh, I just had read the Yvrain as Incarn because what else would start with a Y and V in an Eldar list? Um, so there's a squad of Mandrix that's like chained across two objectives and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I have to get something at my Rhino to deal with these because, well, I can't just like shoot them to death because then the Yungarn's in my deployment zone. And then I stop for a second, freeze frame, check his, like, look, lean over, look in his backfield room. I'm like, there's not a Yungarn there. There's not a Yungarn there. Where's his Yungarn? Surreptitiously open up my phone, read his list. Oh, there isn't one. Okay, cool. Shoot them to death. Uh, and that was, <laughs> and that was nice. It was really nice to not have to play around the Yunkarn for a change. Um, the Night Spinner still a pain in the backside. Uh, that game ended up being really close because my turn four, I decided that I was going to opt out of doing any damage for a turn by just failing every charge. I had like two six-inch charges, a seven-inch charge, a Forge Fiend shooting into a Viper, just like none of them, like just all of them, just hard nothing. I'm like, so I don't score Bring It Down. I don't score Assassinate. I'm stood in the open and all your shooting's still alive. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like that very much. Uh, and I came down to, I had to score like an eight on bring it down in the last turn and like a point on another card or like combined between the two of them score like 10 points. And I managed to like have one score of chosen left that was able to clean up a war walker and the night spinner with the shoot with some shooting. And I finished off the Viper with like the two, the two obliterators and it was fine, but it was definitely sketchy. <laughs> Was not uh, not best pleased that my my uh, my poor squad of three battle shot cho- my my poor squad of two battle shot chosen failing their failing their charge. Um, game three, I played into Paul Rea from the Northern Ireland team on his Chaos Knights, and I went with the game plan of I'm going to sit wait and then just make sure that I don't lose all my models before turn five and get end game scoring. Uh, so I sat and I waited and I didn't die before turn five and I got my end game scoring. It was just very nice, just sit back, control, get my homers. Just sit on five primary. Don't let him score any cards. He had like over, he held like overwhelming force from turn one till turn three, and I didn't have a unit on an objective. I just stickied my home objective and was like, I'll take fives. You're not scoring cards. Uh, I can make up the primary difference in the late game, which is that what ended up happening. Uh, I hit the low end of the variance on the Forge Fiend. It's roughly 65% to kill a Chaos Knight with a Forge Fiend if you use all the strategies on it. No, I did like six damage, three damage, six damage across three activations. I'm just like very upsetting. We just left like a, a, a full carnivore alive a bunch of times that I would really rather hadn't been. 
Um, but overall, it was a super fun game. Paul was an absolute gentleman to play against. Um, and I don't love taking Dark Pack tests test next to battle, next to Chaos Knights that are battles that are dropping my leadership by one. Thank goodness for Chaos Icons. Um, it makes that Dark Pack test a lot less sketchy because you get that reroll. Uh, game four, I rolled into uh, Gene Circots. Uh, this was just a fairly controlled game of we were playing priority targets. I just sat, castled up on objectives and waited for the waited for the Gene Circots to come to me. Picked up my assassinate points, scored my homers. Never really let anything strange happen here. The, the loan operatives are very good. Changeling is an absolute nightmare for Gene Circot army to actually shoot off in an effective manner because when you have like a squad of acolytes that drops in with the intention of like standing on an objective to score points and also doing shooting, um, you don't have a bit, you don't have the best time when you're like, well, I need to shoot this changing with something. So you shoot it, you battle shock, and now you have to like figure out a way to get another unit on that objective. Uh, cause genes are cuts across the board outside of private squads have fairly low leaderships. Um, so that was nice. Um, and then game five, yeah, I played Manny and unfortunately it was taken hold. So we had the, uh, hold one, hold two, hold three primary on this one. And I just had, he had too much stuff. I could not quite get through it in time. There were a couple of like little awkward sequencing moments in there where like I had to clear a screen in order to get two squads of chosen in. And I couldn't quite get like enough shooting to bear on the squad of cultists in order to kill them through the Abaddon and Vulnerable save. Ended up having like half a chosen squad punching cultists instead of a curse of cultists. Just things like that that just like caused a little bit of a snowball across. Uh, but Manny played really well to block like my deploy Talibromas on turn one. He played very well around preventing my assassination um, by just like hiding Abaddon and the blue scrubs at the back of the board towards the end of the game. Um, there were definitely opportunities that I could have gone for that were a little riskier in the early game. Like I could have deployed Talibromas on turn one with Warp Talon instead, but it would have been a much bigger risk to my game plan um they were like the thing i was relying on for chasing down the blue scribes but then once the blue scribes ran away it became a lot more awkward because i kept leaving like you know the, the problem with fourth and vulnerable saves towards occultists is it's really easy to kill like most of them but really hard to kill all of them just because of coherency and line of sight model shenanigans and there just ended up being a lot of little squads and then they can still do the actions in combat because they're all running the pistols so they can still do like the potato bombers cleanse and uh, assassinate and all that kind of thing um yeah, just generally pretty awkward. Uh, my Forge Fiend also lost the shootout with his Forge Fiend, which meant that I just lost a flank that I couldn't really shoot. Um, I couldn't really, like, pull models out of because, well, the, the flag was getting close to my Forge Fiend. MVP, though, got to be Nurgle Rhino, running up, shooting a squad of Warp Talons, then tank shocking a squad of Warp Talons, flipping an objective, scoring me the only 10 I got in the game other than at the end. Absolute hero plays from the Nurgle Rhinos. Best unit in the army, hands down. Uh, and yeah, that was my LGT run. I believe I finished 57th, um, somewhere in the 4-1 bracket. Frankly, I'm not too fussed on where I finished in the 4-1 bracket. There were 100, 100 people that went 4-1. Um, C'est la vie. Uh, it is what it is. I would rather lose on table 1 than win on table 120 to go my 4-1. Uh, that's what matters to me. I was in it to win it until the end. And yeah, didn't quite get there, unfortunately. But overall, it was a super fun event. I'm glad, I, like I said, I'm glad I stopped the backslide. Um, but yeah, that was LGT for me. Uh, happy with the Chaos Space Marines. I definitely... Wish I had made the swap like a week earlier and gotten like three or four more practice games in with them. Um, but I definitely didn't feel like I was losing to, didn't feel like I was losing to like the army in game five. Like I lost to like the game that I played and having more practice wouldn't have affected that game. It would have just made my like games one to four a little more comfortable in terms of like how I was sequencing the play. Uh, I don't feel like that was a game I lost due to lack of practice. Um, so I'm pretty happy with where I ended up for the event. CSM definitely shit damage, but I think they're like the like platonic ideal of what an army should look like in tenth edition. They can do a bunch of damage. They can also play the mission. They can do a lot of things. Some yeah, of it, I definitely like, feel like Forge Fiends are still like significantly overtuned. I was going to say that, the worst part of them is actually the interaction between Forge Fiends having three blast guns because you get shot by that when you're a ten man squad. And you're like, I'm sorry, fucking what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah, he rolled three ones. I don't have to worry about that. Oh, and that's nine <laughs> shots. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, that's 15 hits, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what? Is, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Fortune is definitely like the Fortune feels like its mass is like a 250 point unit masquerading as like a one fit 180 point unit because of the blast interaction. How much would you pay for the Forge Fiend if it didn't have the Devlin's ability, but instead Battle Shocked, and but it didn't have reroll access? Hundred sixty. Yeah, like, there's a lot of. I don't, I don't know how much the World Leader's Forge Fiend costs. That's just what it does. The, the, <laughs> you have to. The, the World Leader's Forge Fiend also doesn't have Profane Zeal or Abaddon or yeah, no Nurgle. rerolls. Like, it doesn't yeah. reroll. No rerolls. No exploding hits. Yeah, it walks around next to Angron if you're feeling ballsy. Definitely feels like yeah. more appropriately costed in that scenario. <laughs> profane zeal just like is not a fair stratagem um i think yeah. that's kind of the <laughs> kind of the, the long and short of it um but if you yeah make the fortune is a mess if you make zeal 2 the not undivided version is awful so it's like yeah the like slaves to darkness doesn't have six stratagems it has like 10 stratagems do you remember yeah. when we had that thing where like if you used a stratagem on a unit of a certain power level, it cost more CP, and that was actually a really good mechanic that we liked. And then they got rid of power level for like no real reason, but made I mean, it they points instead. Did they, they, could. Get yeah. they, they get rid of power level? They kind of got rid of power level. They got rid of it as a they got rid of it as a mechanic for stratagems like they that. They could just which say vehicles cost more. They have keywords. They could easily just slot in a keyword that says if you use this on vehicles, it costs two CP. Yeah, that vehicles, yeah. Uh, but just like difference between deal, five deal chosen deal. and but, ten men chosen with profane. Yeah, there's actually not a huge difference there. No, it's just the lord. I know it's yeah, one I was gonna say like, on vehicle one more character units, it yeah. costs one extra. Because somehow yeah. in somehow in chaos, like all the units are like dog shit at doing damage in melee, but the Abaddon and the Lord fucking slam. I don't know, man. If you've ever you ever like obliterators in combat are like weirdly nuts, but other than oh, that. I've been saying that forever. What yeah. power fist attacks okay. nine. Yeah, I was I know, okay it's with, great. I was okay with cutting possessed because the blitz were better than them at melee. <laughs> Sad yeah. state of affairs really. And guns. Yeah. And guns, um, yes. So yeah, that, that's that's LGT for me. Um, overall, I'll I'll go back. I've I've done it four times in a row now. I can't really fault it as an event. Uh, as Anthony said, the food situation was great. Biggest complaint: uh, bathrooms were not very nice, and there were not enough of them. Uh, the port bodies outside was not a solution. Um, I did oh, yeah, not I enjoy. It. Plus, I was wearing a kilt, which was like I don't know if you ever been to the bathroom in a kilt. Like you kind of like can't not get it on the floor. Which, when the floors were just wet all the time, Ugh. did not enjoy that very much. Enjoy traveling, traveling back with that Pumba. Uh. <laughs> I've got a weird one here because you were asking how much the Forge Fiend is. So I yeah, I'm really hoping it wasn't going to be a kilt question. So no, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing us back to the Forge Fiend question that was asked earlier. All right, so a Chaos Space brings Forge Fiend, which has access to Dark Packs, Profane Zeal, all of that. Demons is one eighty. Yes, is one eighty. A world leader's forge fiend. 135? 170. Oh, Jesus. What's and the one that was 135? Is it the Thousand Suns? Thousand Suns one. Thousand Suns one makes a unit minus one to hit when you hit it. It's so much better than the world leader's one. It makes me so sad. Yeah, Thousand Suns was just like you know what the best pretty part good. about the world leader's one is it's not a general battle shock, it's if it hits an infantry unit. That's right. <laughs> nice. Nice. There was a there was really a honing that in to an there, there was a a brief <laughs> apparently that's worth twenty five points more than the than minus one to hit Dude, on a unit. If GW, thirty five. 
if GW just made Mauler Fiends cost 130, I would consider one. I've played against Mauler Fiends decision. They were kind of fun. <laughs> I like how Jeremy immediately grabs his phone to look at the data sheet. <laughs> now I'm more curious about how much a Mauler Fiend rate is and if I can make that happen because that'd be hilarious. 160? No, they're uh, 155. Like which 160. Ones we, which ones are we talking about? The World Eater one? The World Eater one because it needs all the World Eater buffs to be like even. They're all 155. Normal. Yeah, yeah, they are all one fifty. It needs to it needs to move six twenty two and then advance and charge. Hey, the Bolafin is, immu- is almost immune to mod- is Bolafin is almost immune to um, night spinners in Chaos Space Marines. Uh, in World Eaters, it gets plus it gets- two to charge against models below starting strength, yeah. which you're not likely to do as World Eaters. Because I, 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 I wish I had that kind of power, Luke. Actually, no, I don't, because then these guys would constantly be on me. Yeah. Yeah, Jer- Jeremy um, does not want balanced powers because Jeremy is a biased full-time player. So, <laughs> Oh, the Predators are only 130. You'd love you do something with that. They'd there you so go. Good. Anthony, you can use Angron as a shooting platform buff. 45-point well, Talonmasters. I mean, sometimes you definitely just want the ability to be like, go over there, tough adjacent thing that doesn't cost as much as an eight-bound squad. Yeah, that's true. All right. I'm not doing the plugs this week because I'm going to fall asleep at the wheel if I try. So Jeremy and or Nathan is going to take the wheel on that one while All I right, shut I'm going to try to do the plugs here. <laughs> And then we're going to go into show questions so we can finish up at a reasonable time so that I can sleep before I die. Be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you've been listening to us for a while now, we're going on just over an hour nine. Um, you are most likely watching us on either YouTube or listening to us on a podcast platform. But if you are on one or the other, you should come and check us out on YouTube. And you can find us at youtube.com slash statcheck, uh, where you can check out any of our fine shows, which I'll go into in a minute. Uh, or if you're watching us on YouTube and you instead decide to just want to listen to the dulcet tones of Ennis Wilson's God Mode, uh, then you can check us out uh, anywhere where you can find podcast feeds uh, just under StatCheck. Uh, we have currently three shows on the network that are fairly regular actually they're actually they, they more or less follow their schedule lives lives allowing themselves so we have the weekly show that you're listening to right now uh which is the stat check podcast where we go through weekly stats talk about current events uh meta trends how our events have been going uh, and how things are looking in the future there is then x and one uh, which is hosted by cliff and tim uh it focuses a lot on the dad hammer side of 40k a lot of a lot of discussion about travel tips credit card tips making the most out of your resources whether it's money time or paint uh and just you know overall looking at that you know you've got a limited amount of time or a limited amount of effort that you can expend on the hobby how to get the most out of that Uh, and then we have enter the matrix which is currently hosted by typhus and the other nathan not the stats dad that's below me right now uh and uh, and they cover, so it's called Enter the Matrix again, and they cover uh, teams coverage. Mainly, their main focus has been on the World Team Championships, but they've also done uh, coverage on other teams' events, recaps on those, uh, and they've done a lot of deep dives over the last couple months, both leading up to and following the World Team Championships. So definitely go check that out if teams play for Warhammer 40k is your, you know, your jam. Uh, if you've been enjoying listening to us this whole time, then we definitely would appreciate your support. So drop us a like or a comment or both ideally on the YouTube video, uh, write us a review on your favorite podcast form. Uh, people do actually read those and see them. Uh, and I end up seeing them and get 
quite a bit of joy out of seeing how much people have enjoyed the stuff that we've put together. Uh, you can also check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash stat check. Uh, bonuses from there are wildly varied, but the main, the two main ones are you get access to our Discord, uh, which is coming close to over 350 people uh, from all over the world, including some of the best 40k players in the world. I think we have something like 70 people on the Discord that were present at WTC this year. Something wild, something high, something absolutely wild like that. Uh, just an amazing it was community. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I could not percentage. say hi to everyone in the week that I was there. Uh, and then it also gets you uh, a 20% discount store wide uh, at the first of our. <laughs> <laughs> at the first of our sponsors, which is the Red Dragon Comics Cards and Games here in my hometown of Ottawa. Um, Dan Morris, who is the uh, owner of that, one of the owners of that store, has been extremely supportive of Stat Check since we kicked off. Uh, and following a little snafu with the 15% code not working properly store wide, uh, he then increased it to 20% store wide for all of your hobby needs. Uh, and they, they carry pretty much anything you want. Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of hobby supplies, in terms of models, they have some of the best selection in that. Uh, and they also recently launched their used model selection, where they're putting it all online rather than just a big forty foot long table of models that you can sift through. So you actually have an idea of what they're carrying. Uh, yeah, so that's the first of our sponsors. You should also check out Saltire Games. Uh, they are one of our sponsors. Uh, on Innes' side of the pond, up in Scotland. Uh, they do a lot of... Are they a hobby shop as well? They're a gaming store in Scotland near me. Okay. Um, but yeah, they do all of our Etsy content. Uh, so things like tokens and markers and things like that. They've recently launched the the black option of that. So much more uh, visible at the table, much harder to lose. And I'll definitely be bringing some of those out to Atlanta uh, with me. Sounds lovely. For January. Uh, yeah, so... Those are the the two companies that currently sponsor us. If you're interested in partnering with us, please reach out. Uh, and last but not least, I have two things to announce. One is we offer coaching, or not myself, but uh, Innes and Typhus both offer coaching. Uh, so if you're interested in getting some support from them, learning how to handle a game better, learning how to process lists better, write lists better, whatever you need help with in terms of the, the scope of, of 40K, uh, reach out to them. They can be reached at stat-check.com slash coaching, or you can email them directly at coaching at stat-check.com. Uh, and last but not least, we have the California Cup coming up in the first week of November. So four weeks from now now, that's kind of terrifying um and the four of us who are on the cast right now which is myself nathan uh the stats dad anthony and ennis will all be present uh and ennis and anthony are going to be putting on a master class the thursday night before the event starts um tickets and information for that are down in the doobly-doo and then uh nathan and i are going to be doing stats coverage for the weekend at the kelly cup uh hopefully just raising the overall bar of coverage and seeing what we can do with all of this data that we've collected over the last two years now. Probably yelling at people. Probably yelling at Apparent, people. And then Ella Wolzel has a good suggestion of we just need somebody to sponsor the Faction to Watch segment so it can have Ooh. the little sponsored by thing underneath it. Like, Looking you know, for sponsors sports. for that. That would be hilarious. Please someone do that. Faction <laughs> Faction to Watch sponsored by Manscaped at the bottom. Oh uh, my god. <laughs> 
Uh, that's plugs. Let's move on into the show questions. And I will answer this real quickly. Uh, Nick, you're saying that Jeremy should coach how to judge. There is actually someone who is currently in the process of setting up some, a service like that. Um, we will probably have him on the show when he when that happens, and we will talk more about that then. Uh, in the meantime, I have way too much going on to realistically ever do that. Um, but if ever someone wants to talk to me about judging events, I'm more than happy to do that. I just can never commit to, like, you pay me and then you get something out of it. And then I have questions up, so we're going to start into them in just a second. If you want to ask questions, uh, the easiest way is to join our Patreon and join our Discord. Um, there, if you put a question in the Weekly Show Questions channel, we will answer your question live on air. Um, otherwise, if you super chat us, we will make sure that to get to any of your questions that come into the YouTube chat via super chat. Otherwise, it's kind of up to chance. We may or may not see your question. We may or may not answer it. Uh, that's just the nature of chat being chat. Uh, so the first question is from Tom Crayford, which is, how are y'all feeling about the CSM slash ELF matchup after LGT? Yeah, it, it feels solidly winnable for the for the CSM player. It's definitely, you know, a tough matchup on both sides. Um, Liam definitely put, showed us that it's, you know, a definitely a matchup that is uh, controllable and that there are opportunities to get that to get that win there. Um, but I don't think every Chaos Space Spring player across the event had the same success. I know uh, Alexander Sacco, who won the event last year, was playing the same list. Had a really tough time into Brian uh, in round four. So... It's a, it's a skill matchup. Like you, you got to be pretty good at the game. Uh, you can make it work. There are definitely ways to build the list to be better on both sides of that matchup. And I don't know how much the elder players really planned for that kind of list um, versus just like taking a list that was good into the field. Uh, and we'll see if the elder players are able to adapt back to that. I think that is a general rule of thumb. It is winnable for CSM, but it is all the the agency for the matchup belongs to the elder player. Yeah, it definitely and... looked like even in the finals with Hugo that it was like Hugo made decisions that allowed Liam to make plays back at him rather than the other way around. Yeah. Uh, Preston asks, how badly did I mess up my team by accidentally submitting sword wraith blades instead of axe wraith blades? What's the difference? Uh, you don't uh, have an involve, I think. But that matters yeah. basically zero because wraith guard don't have an involve and it doesn't fucking matter. So but I think there's eight <laughs> differences and a strength difference on those attacks, or maybe a damage difference. Yeah, but I don't you have know. like all, at the wraith blades with swords have like a whole bunch of attacks. I'm pretty sure. So I'm sure they have like six attacks or some such. Okay, so the the ghost swords are five attacks at, uh, on fours at six two one. The axes three attacks on fours at seven two two. Okay. Yeah. So the axes are better, but like it's not the end of the world. And the axes also give you an involve. So, yeah. yeah, you probably wanted to submit the axes, buddy. Uh, also, if you don't have the models, that would be uh, the, the worst thing. That's way worse, yes. I mean, just message the TO and be like, I'm a dumb Yo, dumb. Sorry. Yeah, oopsie. Uh, this data sheet actually marks... seems reasonable. I know, it looks, like a, it's like, it's like a normal okay in the game data sheet, which means it's unplayable in Eldar. Like 340 yeah. points in their abilities, they fight on death on a 4+. plus. Yeah, it's a reasonable data sheet, which means it's unplayable in Eldar. <laughs> also remember that they debuted 30 points more expensive than Wraithguard. So. Okay. Autark Ben asks, what are the crew's opinions on compound butters and what do they prefer in them? What does that Maple. even mean? So I a compound butter sorry, is buddy. a butter with something else put into it. Like, 
a no garlic, garlic butter or like you could put herbs in it and then it's an herb butter, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Apple butter, maple butter. Maple butter sounds interesting. I'll yeah, bring you some at Cali Cup if they can get it's it like, on the plane. I don't think I can get it back on my plane. No, you, you'll just have to eat the whole thing there. Yeah. <laughs> There's oh, a TikTok channel that's sure just like this tough. dude making compound butters that I've really enjoyed watching. I really mm. like roasted garlic butter, though. I don't know. That does sound delicious. It is good. As a Scottish vampire, I can't be doing garlic. Sorry. Yeah. And how are you going to survive Kelly Cup? <laughs> That's fair. We're going to take him to a taco stand. He's just going to explode. Uh, Dan F. I don't. I don't like the sun. I don't like the summer garlic. He will it's very die. Dangerous. <laughs> yeah. You know those memes that are like, "What would win one beefy five layer burrito or the immune system of a Victorian child?" That's in us. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Victorian child that eats like a zoo gorilla. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I don't know if you eat as much fruit as that zoo gorilla does. Ah, <laughs> Sam Lemon had the right answer. That's it. Texas Roadhouse, Texas Roadhouse cinnamon, butter. cinnamon butter. Boom. Bonus points if you're stoned. Yeah. That, <laughs> that one wins. Okay. Uh, Dan F. asks, do you prefer jam, jelly, or preserves? I actually don't really like any of these. Although bacon, bacon jam is kind of neat. I mean, like put it on a, stuff. A nice like strawberry or raspberry jam. Yeah, I would eat any day. You know, those are they're all fine. I don't actually have a. I, don't, I feel like it's weird to have a, a, a preference here. A strong preference. <laughs> yeah, like a really strong opinion. <laughs> I do about love this. how many people are correcting me on the fact that apple butter is not actually butter, and it is true. It is just basically applesauce that's been thickened up and added like additional sugar and spices to it. You so could put delicious. apples, and I use in it a as butter. a butter, so it is apple butter to me. You could also just put apples in butter, and then it would be apple butter, like probably oh, no, man. Just, like, just little lumps of Granny Smith in your bar. I mean, you'd put it in a blender, and then you'd blend it to combine, and then it would be an apple butter. Too many, too many, too much stuff. All right, uh, Derek asks: Will the Stormbolter Terminators ever be good again? Also, favorite LGT moments. The what? Well, regular Storm like Bolter Termi- regular Stormbolter old ter- Stormbolter Terminators. Damn, why was that hard to say? No, you'll you'll only ever take them if you like physically must. Like, I mean, or so they're maybe their power fists get like five attacks. If they were just like so much cheaper, because like people ran them in the um like the Dark Angels horde list before the Nava Storm Shields, which is like obviously the way to go, because uh, they got like massive point reductions. Like you, if you wanted to hit critical mass, you ran Bolter and Chain and Chain Fist, but. I don't see it. Not not at the moment. Not with power level hammer. Um, and then what were your funniest story LGT from LGT? Is do we do we tell the Airbnb story? No. Or is that a is that against that I kept us drunk at a tournament and we'll tell as you that we story. Talk, yeah. As we talked about before the show, there's no way to talk about that story in a yeah, good without way. it being really bad. So yeah, get one of them drunk and they'll tell you the story. Yeah, why are I power fists only fair. three attacks? Because fuck you, that's why. Chosen get four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If and only chosen. Power fi- if you're going to bring power fists to a fight, bring aggressors because they're twin linked, I guess, and hit on threes. And, the new and they also have fight. guns attached to them, which is what yeah, all the workshop guns. wants you to yeah, do. They, they have better guns than, than <laughs> the stormtroopers on the Terminator. <laughs> and their toughness six. Who wrote also that book? So, yeah, favorite story from LGT. Playing Manny three times? No, that, that's, <laughs> no not at all. 
<laughs> no, I don't like having to win a best of three against somebody and only the last game counting. Um, it's not even a best of three at that point. It's just a no. can you sweep? <laughs> yeah, it's there, there was one win condition for me. It was win all three. Any other one was a loss. Like, I, I don't think that was very fair. Uh, it would have been nice to play literally anyone else. Should have swept yeah. the leg. Uh, I know. Um... I mean, for me, my favorite LGT moment was my second round opponent going, please stop hitting me when we were playing. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, I got a pretty good laugh out of that. Because I charged him and like, I literally charged like nine units at one point. Oh. And he was just like, enough! Pretty good. Nice. All right. On to breakfast. Pancakes, crepes, or waffles? None of the above. Crepes and gravy. What do you mean none of the above? If someone slides pancakes in front of you, you're like, fuck you, trash. And give me the biscuits and gravy. A hundred percent of the time. Not, with, neither of which contain, contains neither biscuits nor gravy from a UK perspective, by the way. That's fine. I don't care. It's no, it contains. What do you call those? I, I don't think called, we call them anything. Called, I think we call them like, an abomination. They're like scones, basically, I suppose, is the closest to Like a buttermilk biscuit? Like, biscuit? I guess it's kind of a kind scone. Kind of the closest yeah. thing to a scone. It's like we weird scones and, like, sauce. No. No, thank yeah. you. It's real sausage. Good. I think sausage gravy is up, real good. Yeah, it is. You would <laughs> fuck up a biscuit, like a southern biscuits and gravy. Don't even yeah. front. Don't. don't I'll don't admit, even the one at the... Brian had it at the Denny's, and I was like, I looked at it. No, and I was that's like, the problem. No, 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 no. Going <laughs> to a Denny's is the first problem yeah, to get nah, breakfast. Nah, dude, we'll, we would take you to a southern restaurant. You'd go home fucking round, like literal circular. <laughs> oh, we'll get him some in Atlanta. Perfect. Oh, there you go. Nailed it. Baby in Atlanta. There you go. Yeah. Brian, Denny's is not an American treasure. That's where treasure goes to die. Yeah. No, it's, it's an American treasure. It just happened Brian... to have been raided centuries ago. I think Denny's... it's important to remember that from, from my context, all I know of Brian is that he's an American. I don't have any context of what kind of American he is. Yeah, he so... just tries to go to like the closest American thing every time he goes somewhere. We were in London for like... Dude, the most I've seen Brian walk in the entire time that I've known him was to walk to this Chipotle that the Uber dropped us off too far away from. Because he needed to have Chipotle while we're in London because they don't have it in Edinburgh. <laughs> what are we doing, Brian? We're also, we're also making Cultist Chan real upset in our disc, in our YouTube chat because every time we talk about something, it's wrong. He's like that apple compound butter sounds terrible. It wouldn't even emulsify. Look, he responds, "We are not, not like this at all. The methods of rising are completely different." We and none I'm of like, us are experts on said, food. We know what tastes good, and that's about it. We said the closest thing to yeah. Ennis's perspective was scones, not that they were the same. Yeah. Southern biscuits and gravy is literally the only redeeming part of like anywhere south of Virginia. Fried chicken, uh, barbecue. No. I mean, you can get that, you know, you can get a bunch of that in Virginia. We're just like, I need a yeah, reason to go south of Virginia. Well, Texas, Isn't the only Seth redeeming quality is, is barbecue. What? The only Isn't redeeming Seth feature south of, of Virginia. Yeah, but he's like south of so that's different. <laughs> Okay. He said what he said. You mean along the coast, Aww. South. Oh, but yeah. what about Tim? Tim is great, but said. no, that's that's Cuba. That's different. <laughs> that's Cuba. Tim, Tim <laughs> lives in There's North Cuba, here. not There's the South. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to keep going to the next question. Try, there be dragons here? Yeah. Here be rednecks. That's <laughs> what Florida is. Saint, is northern Cuba. No, uh, not Florida. Disney. Not Florida. Specifically Miami is north Cuba. Yeah, I know Florida. Yes, no, Miami is specifically northern Cuba. The middle is Orlando is Disney guys, and retired. Guys, folks. can we move on, please? Yeah, I no. guess. <laughs> Fine. 
Uh, Tychus asks, what should I sacrifice to the gods to help me with my luck? Probably one of us at this point. I don't know. Pumba. <laughs> Gonna have no! To his... <laughs> we need so him. Lovely. Yeah. Scotland needs uh... him. Pumba? <laughs> he does want a kilt now. He's basically Scottish. Oh, that's fair. It's true. Uh, Dino asks, Innes, which game of the three was the most fun against Manny? Oh, definitely the second one because it was done and we played in less time than it took for him to deploy models. I just, he just like set his army up. I like, scraped it into the bin and we were gone before nine. Like <laughs> round round three ended at eight. We were done by eight fifty. Beautiful. The next question is: Manny always followed around by suited security guards who change the clock for him. Yes, Ed Watson, Ed Watson, David are always there, one hundred percent of the time. It's Dan F's question. Uh, the next question is also for Innis. Innis, any tips on where to look for Airbnbs next year? Oh, oh yeah, I, I highly recommend you just look up, like, I can't even make the joke. I'm sorry, just, I'm not doing it on just, the show. Just don't let Chris do it. That's the only thing that you need to do. Was it Chris look up local, that originally? No, it was I, not. That doesn't uh, matter. Look up local crime rates, and the higher the better, because <laughs> the price no. will be real low, and don't you'll get to that. hang out with your friends more. Yeah, fair. All right. Think how much I less guess... time we'd have got to hang out with Typhus and that if they had just not if we had just not put that Airbnb. <laughs> they had not been trapped, yes. That's true. Frank has three questions. The first one is for Innis. If you didn't go over it in the main show, how are you feeling on Dark Angels? Any new detachments from the previews and the I need to see what the I... point state is for Marines before I have any opinions on anything for the Marines at the moment. Do you say points I'm... probably don't change? I'm seeing a lot of like Marines look like they're fine, and I was talked to about a list today that involves Talon Masters and that fucking Iron Hands detachment that made me shit my pants. So yep. You're going to have to explain that to me either now or offline because I don't see it. I'll explain it later. I don't Look. want that to get popular. <laughs> Fuck that yeah, noise. No. I hope it All I'm saying is I'm, I'm so glad I have my land speeders. That's... Yeah. I... Some of them. I am... <laughs> Three of them. I am, I am unhappy about what I was told. <laughs> That sounds like some shenanigans that'll get fixed if it's that. No, bad. it doesn't. It sounds like shenanigans. I'm thinking to Alana. Uh, uh, nah, number two is. Wouldn't... I don't think it'd be very good on GW boards, but that's it. I don't right. care. It'll fuck number... up a UKTC event, though. All right. Number two uh, is. Yeah, what we'll are you most looking forward to building with the new Marine book? So, like, what's your favorite detachment? Each of you just give one new favorite detachment. Firestorm. Norn emissaries. Fire... <laughs> Fire Firestorm it is look, also it looks my, so boring. Firestorm is also my favorite detachment from the ones that they that that are previewed from review streams. That's my. Favorite. I think Stormont's looks the most fun. I also don't think it's the best one, which means I'll never get to play it. But it it's does the, look so it looked really fun. Is that the sad advance and charge one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one with I mean, all the boxer mounts. It's pretty, pretty sad. It's pretty sad. It has too much stuff that's focused on the mounted keyword. Yeah. It's <laughs> army-wide advance and charge and fallback and charge. I mean, if, if Marines had data sheets, that'd be hype, but... Yeah, There are people out there who are going to tell you to play the line with that data sheet, and they're all gaslighting you. They all just want to pair you at a tournament. Yeah, just play Gladius <laughs> if you want an advance and charging line, fools. Uh, just play I mean, six months ago and hope Eldar don't exist, and you can play him when he works against Dev Wounds as well. Yeah, I'm I'm so was so resilient, and now he's just not. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. And then <laughs> just choose and the to night spinner. On him. Watching him just get like grenade strat tank shot it 
killed is one of life's purest pleasures. Well, that doesn't though. happen to him because he still has a four up against that. If you took that, when are you not taking that? I don't know. Every time I played Seth with him. Yeah, if you want to <laughs> fuck around with someone's stratagems. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, what's your favorite detachment from the list? Uh, I mean, I'm just going to be the the jerk, and I'm just going to say the Iron Storm Spearhead. It's fine. I mean, it's the one I'm going to play. It's what most people not... are going to end up playing if they want to win because it's good. Because Mercy is give us two weeks back. It's hilarious. That's Look, all I'm saying is, is good. glad to hear a Reaper have sustained hits two against infantry guys. Mm -hmm. Give them critical hits on a 5 up. This is what I'm talking about, you fucks. All right. Bryant asks uh, for Anthony, world leaders, what do you prefer to use? 8 bound slash exalted 8 bound or world leader terminators or both? I hate the world leader terminators. Um, I really want them to be good, and I really hope we get like fucking sick red butcher sculpts when we get a book. But. Until that point, the I mean, even if we don't this edition, I just meant like in the greater eventuality, because um, you can do a lot of stuff with like a nails and like big fucking world leader terminator. That'd be really cool. Um, but I like I adore eight bound like as like a concept, as a model, as the way they've worked ever since world leaders was an army. They're probably like my single favorite unit in forty k besides like possessed. But you might be noticing a trend here. Um, so yeah, I love eight bound um they're they've been great every time i've played them even now with like losing access to their minus their plus one damage strat and like all this other stuff like most of the time when they hit something you'll still like put a pretty good beating on it um minus one damage is kind of annoying but then you just like flip to the other profile and then you have six attacks per guy and it's like less of an issue um so yeah they're good they also have exactly enough ap that into like most things you'll knock them for their invuln anyway so they're good. I like them a lot. I uh, they're they're my boys. I try and take as many of them as I can when I'm not taking the big red idiot. Makes sense. Uh, Will asks, "What do you think of the texture of a nurgling would be in real life?" To touch, to touch, or to, to eat? touch both? Why not? Unsettling um, on both cases, probably. <laughs> to touch, probably like just like kind of squishy and a bit you wet, have, like a blood blister. I just imagine like that. Yeah, that's fair. I was thinking like wet paper, it tears real easy, like that kind of idea for like, oh, it's like a sponge like, that bleeds. You touch you touch that nurgling and you like move your finger and it just rips like going across as you go. Does it make no, him it, sad it, when that happens or is he okay? It gushes when you touch it. It gushes. Yeah. It's like fishing yeah. leftover pasta out of the sink. Oh <laughs> that's uh. what comes out of the nurgling when the skin tears when you rub your finger off. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Lemon asks, have you, have any of you been Marvel, Marvel Crisis Protocol curious at all? I've seen it played enough to know that I never want to play it. It has a really good TTS mod. I know that. Oh, like, the TTS uh, mod is really fantastic. But... Games where you die, but like actually don't die, wink, wink, and then you get back up and do your turn anyway with like, I don't know, I just hate shit like that. You must like, hate Eldar then. Yeah, I, <laughs> yes. And Angron. <laughs> And every reanimate mechanic in the game. Yeah, I just don't like, like, I don't like, so my my issue with MCP is like, if, when a couple things in a game have that mechanic, it's like, all right, whatever, you fucking learn to deal with it. Literally, like, the mechanic of MCP is like, you blast someone, they get like stunned. And then on their next turn, they like flip the card over and they're just like back to normal and they beat you up. Like, I don't know, it's just stupid. It's, it's two like, stage boss fights, like a comic book. Yeah, I don't like that um that's fair. the other thing it's like the other trope that i super hate for no reason is when like there's like some fight in a game and the boss goes like enough and then you just get stunned and you're like 
he could just do that? Why did he do that earlier? I was whooping his ass. What are we doing? <laughs> and then and, uh, Sam, we're Legion, not talk about Legion the is my, part. My, my spare game, not Marvel Christ Protocol. I like Star Wars more than Marvel. Fair. Fair. Sam, we're not going to answer your second question because it's only depressing. Um, oh. Jake, Jake B., the Tyranid Codex asks, the Tyranid Codex has had time to percolate and, and the new book is out. Stats for bugs are okay-ish right now, but what are your takes on the book after some events in in hindsight? It seems mm. fine but boring. It just seems like it's the same tactic they had during the index. You want to shoot spore mines, score points, and throw your models underneath the tracks of things to slow them down. Yep. You can get a ton out of it. You can also get a lot of it. It seems pretty bad into Eldar still. Um, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Vanguard is good, but like not oppressive. Same with Simulation Swarm. Invasion Fleet is exactly the same as it was before, and then everything else is shit. Well, John Lennon did take synapse I know he all did. the way through <laughs> the entire Art of War house this weekend, right? He only played Art of War members, I think. Uh, round one, he event. played someone I didn't recognize the name of, so I'm assuming okay. they're not Art of War. And then the next and then it was, was just Team USA members, Team yeah. USA and Art of War. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, John had legitimately one of the most impressive tournament runs I've ever seen in my life. Like that was insane. Yep. The, the list that he brought is like the list that I've seen bandied about for a lot of singles for multiple different detachments as well, though, with Maliceptors and triple Exocrans. Oh, I played his list like almost to the point with like three different units in round five as Vanguard. Yeah, yeah. You could put that army in a bunch of different detachments, and it's good. All those day sheets uh, are good. John got the most out of them that I think you can get out of them. That's pretty much the gist of it. John is very good at Warhammer. He played a list that is good enough to win tournaments with. That's it, that's my. I'm gonna I'm gonna soft expose Ennis here that he gave John one of the nicest compliments I've heard, which is that John would never lose the best of three in Warhammer. No, no, that was the one you said. I said John's the best player that would never lose a second game. Oh, that was it. Sorry. Hmm. Yeah, John. John will lose one game. He will not lose two at a tournament. John doesn't. John like locks down after a loss. I've never yeah. seen him go like X and two. Uh, John is one of the most consistent people I've ever seen. Uh, very, yeah. very impressive player. So, just for anyone is actually curious to exactly who he played through. So, his first round opponent was Roberto Gonzalez, which is a name that sounds familiar to me, but I don't actually know who it is. Then he played Quinton Johnson, Team USA, Tim Penny, Team USA, Nick Nanavati, Art of War, Richard Siegler, Art of War, Jack Harpster. Team USA, Art of, Art of War, and then Brian Jones, Team USA. Yep. And the closest game was the game against Harpster, where he only won by seven. Yeah, John Lennon's good at this game. Yep. I think John's uh, also on his, like, smash arc. Like, I think this is just the start of what will be a series of many wins for, for the lab. I would not be surprised at all. I look forward to watching him at Tampa. Yeah. I think they also put out an episode where John actually goes through all of his matchups for people who are interested in and like oh, talks about sick. his event i think in i would review. be disappointed if they hadn't already put that out i think i think it's up already but people should go listen to him talk about it instead of the four of us talk about it mm-hmm. like third so i have been on a different continent yeah yeah <laughs> um jason Sybil, who thankfully moved his question to the proper channel uh why are blood angels showing a second bottom and why does it hurt so much there's a lot of bad Blood Angels players out there who aren't just running aggressors in the Lovey Dread and are trying to play things like Sanguinary Guard still. Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> Death Company are good. Bad. Yeah, but Death Company are right there. True. That's fair. And then Eric asks, which guard player do you think did the best at LGT running at least three tank commanders to... God. 
<laughs> it's just David Gaylor every week, Eric. Stop. That's very uh, funny. <laughs> I started going through it. I was like, oh, yeah. Maybe. Three tank commanders, two catacans and chimeras, Leontis, a Rogaldorn, two basilisks, Gaunt's Ghost, two Lehman Russ, a Scout Sentinel, and no backpacks. Most of those models don't even have backpacks. I don't think you have, I don't think catacans have backpacks. Uh, most um, most basic guards go, sculpts don't have backpacks now. And they're extra bits if you want to put backpacks on them. Like, they're decorative. They're like bedrolls and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Luke McGurkey, that might be the hardest path to victory a world will ever see at a singles event. That is very true. Uh, up until whatever he ends up having to go through to win the uh, the world champs in, in, in November. <laughs> and that is, yes, why David played guard. It's all right. Liam was winning that anyway, so... <laughs> Uh, Will asks as the last question from our Discord, what percentage of Manny's cultists could in his this <laughs> So I killed 128 plus regeneration in game one, 128 plus regeneration in game two, and like 90 something. So at least 350 of them, like just straight in there, like like a giant hamster. Um, yeah, all that that many. They're very spiky though, so I would not look great coming out of it. It looked like someone had given aqua pressure to like a balloon. And then the only super chat question that we have is from Brian uh, of Team Scotland fame is can the yin card? And I said the yin can't, but I don't know what you guys think. I have a bit of paper that says the yin card can do whatever it wants. So that's fair. That sounds yeah. more <laughs> accurate to the situation. Really, it's the yin can. Yes. Um, be a yin can, not a yin can't. I don't know. Be a ying can't, uh, but it rhymes with something else. Um, yeah. How many how many cultists did you pilfer over the course of the week across those three games? Uh, none. I do not respect that data sheet. Um, we we kind of talked about that a little bit. I don't think that there is any other questions in here. I don't see any oh, other yeah. questions. OGW sucks. Fuck OGW. All my homies oh. hate OGW. Dude, it's the worst. <laughs> Can we just go back to Path to Victory? I like Path to Victory. What happened to Win Path? Win Path, Path to Victory. I'll take either of those. What are we fucking doing? Mm -hmm. Fair. Also, somebody just gave us $2 to say orcs, which I endlessly approve of for no apparent reason. Orcs um, indeed, my friend. Oh, yeah. Orcs exist. That is a true statement. And then uh, we have $2 for the Angron Fund, which we don't need, and then £10 for the starting the Faction of the Week graphics fund. Uh, that's it so I guess I'll close this out I don't know I think that's the order Duh. that we chose if you've gotten through an hour and 41 plus of our content then you must have enjoyed it so please hit hit the like button ring that bell as they say on more popular YouTube channels than ours uh, comment uh, join our discord via our patreon at patreon.com slash stat check we're for five dollars a month you can get all of our bonus content, which we are going to be starting to produce more of soon. You also get access to 20% off at, Red, at our sponsor, Red Dragon, at red-dragon.ca. Uh, you also get access to our TTS events where we actually have prize support. We gave out a ton of prize support to our last winners. And then we are going to give out more prize support during our next event once we figure out what we're going to run. I think we're going to run a Teams event. So if you join now, you might be able to get in on a Teams event of sorts. I don't know if that's what we're going to run, but it might be what we run. Um, other than that, yeah. Everybody have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week.
same time, same place, same YouTube channel. Bye-bye. We'll even slap next week, I promise. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.